And now, the Wadfam Chalk Pod. Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalk Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And uh, this week we are joined by a returning guest, our most returning guest. This is his fifth appearance on our show. He is an expert in all things Bible and loves that I'm saying that right now. It's... Drew Huber. I hate that you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I I knew you would. That's why I that's why I threw it in there. So kind of you. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Welcome back to the show, Drew. Thanks. It's it's good to be here. Still crazy that I am the most returning guest. (laughs) Um seeing as I'm not the most successful guest in terms of you know, listens, but you know, I'll, I'll take it. You're successful in our hearts, mm, mm, and that's what been. really matters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. From times before the pod, which we dare enter into, right, prehistory, this, if you will, pre-pod is, history. This is the thing: is you you have you have a double-edged sword here, which is <laughs> you're one of our friends for a very long time, and. You have a specific angle that we can cater to in making this show. That is true. That's that is helpful. And I live close by, which <laughs> yeah, you know, that, 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 that certainly helps. I mean, we, we we record remote. Sure, sure. Even if you moved across the earth, we'd still track you down. Wow. Um, that's so kind of you. I'm glad that you would go to such great lengths. Mm-hmm. If for... the podcast is over and you move across the world, we will start it back up just so <laughs> just we can to include speak. you. <laughs> <laughs> that's very kind of you. I'm, I'm honored. Thanks. Well, you know, you're in the five timers club. That's just that's just a part of the. Uh, yeah. So far, the only one. Yeah, uh, exactly. Do I get like a little like? I don't know, the of a card? silver play button or something. I, have, have I given it's actually you... a Sam's Club membership. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Have I given you a sticker or a business card yet? I, no, I don't think so. You can have both if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about that off air. I feel like that's, a, a, that's a private conversation. <laughs> Come on the show four times, your fifth time, get a free I, t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, look, he did. He is the inspiration behind one of our t-shirts. That, that is true. true. Of Amen. which I have bought one <laughs> on a meme. So there you go. Get your uh, get your Venmo for livestock shirts at uh, at tpublic.com slash store slash wadfam chalkpod. <laughs> that That's tpublic.com slash store slash wadfam chalkpod. Fod. Fod. Mm. Wadfam chalkpod. I know the name <laughs> of our show. There you go. Yeah, you can just cut that in post. Yeah. Oh, I for sure can, except Andrew's laughing over it. <laughs> Isn't that all the more reason to cut it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. my goodness! What episode uh, are we here to talk about today, Dylan? Oh, uh, we're 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 talking about episode four sixteen, the tower. Um, it's uh, it's written by Doug McIntosh, uh, who uh, is famous for uh, not writing a whole lot of Odyssey. Um, but but here he is. Uh, it's directed by Phil Waller. He wrote four episodes. This is the last of the episodes that that Doug wrote. Um, yeah, and, uh, it's, it's a Bible episode, which is why we have Drew on, because (laughs) Drew's always on for a Bible episode, but previously we did Bernard, then we did, um, an OT Action News Mm -hmm. last year, and then, uh, I pitched Drew a series of options this year, and, uh, this is the one you landed on. You wanna, you wanna tell me how, how, how we arrived at this point, Drew? Uh, you gave me a set of options. One of them I ruled out immediately. Um, <laughs> Which, just wait. Can I please hear the options? Okay. Or is that allowed? 
So the options was a Bernard okay. episode. I believe yeah. it was Bernard and Saul. Okay. It was an OT Action News. Okay. I believe that was Jericho. Yeah, pitched. yeah. There's um, only two. So. No, there's four. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh. Um, And so it was an OT Action News. And then I, I pitched a club-only episode. Oh, Phil, no. Which was Phil Waller's first episode when he comes back to the show. We'll maybe talk about it someday. Probably not, though. So mm-hmm. I'll spoil it now. Yeah. Um, It is fanfic about what if the disciples knew each other as children and just to clarify the ot action news you selected was sodom and gomorrah Um, that's right that's right i meant maximum spice i forgot which which would have also been good um but yes see to jericho is an option but i was like what if i make drew talk about sodom and gomorrah (laughs) and then the last option i gave him was the tower um which would be his his first episode covering an imagination station adventure Mm -hmm. so yes there you go yeah and that's and that's what you ultimately landed on it is and please correct me if i'm wrong is there not also an episode of adventures and odyssey about the tower of london (laughs) <laughs> i have no idea i'm pretty sure there is probably because is when i saw the thought? title was the tower i was like huh okay <laughs> i mean yeah, history I to cool talk about the tower of london exactly A very cool prison and if i remember the episode well i enjoyed it but uh <laughs> no no we go and we go in way back yeah yes yeah oh uh, what was so? What, what was your experience like with an imagination station? You've you've had some Odyssey memory. Did you mm-hmm. is imagination station something where you had context for? And what was your experience like listening to um, one such adventure today? Sure. So I don't know if I actively remember listening to an imagination station before, but I I at least remembered what the concept was. So I probably yeah. did at some point. Um, I I mean I didn't mind it. I I thought it was it was fun. Um Yeah, I I feel relatively net neutral okay. <laughs> about the imagination station okay. as a method for for talking about the Bible. Better than than Bernard yeah. so far. Yeah. Um hard to hard but I love Bernard. But I un- I I know your criticisms. I understand. But well, I I feel like the problem that we ran into with Bernard was that it was it went back and forth between being radically dramatized for like gimmicks and then just like reading straight from the Bible. So it yes. creates this really unclear picture. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have no problems with that. <laughs> Look, go back and listen to our three episodes talking about Bernard like Bernard mm-hmm. telling Bible stories if you want all those takes. No. Um we don't need to rehash it here. Um, I guess, yeah. So, uh, any particular? So, I mean, I so we had Sodom and Gomorrah, Tower of Babel, and then what was the other? Uh, Saul and Saul. Okay, and and, and, and Jesus disciple fanfic. Oh, and <laughs> yes. how dare I forget the Jesus disciple fanfic? That would be the one I would have picked, <laughs> but that's why I don't get asked. <laughs> uh. Yeah, was that was that a draw to the source material or to the format? Um, I was. Well, I immediately ruled out the disciples. Fair. As kids. Um, I was. 
Maybe that's a, that's an episode for another time. I did yeah. not feel like I had the time to prepare for that uh, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Yeah, spiritually, <laughs> literally. Um, so I, I ruled that one out and decided um, that we would we would just try something different. I mean, we mm-hmm. had done a couple of Bernards and we did no T Action News, and both of those were fun for various reasons. But mm-hmm. figured, you know what? Let's uh, let's diversify. So yeah. decided to go for for this one instead. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Um, then I think I don't know anything else people want to say off the top, or I think we'll we'll we'll, we'll keep moving. Oh, I guess I, I should I should throw out that this episode uh, originally aired November twenty first of uh, nineteen ninety eight. That mm. was two days ago as we we're recording. <laughs> huh. And you know, twenty four years ago. But yeah. sure. But the. Yeah, the yearly yeah. timing is correct. It's it's, it's, it's a nice, nice a nice fall episode. Love love to see. And we're it. recording on a Wednesday. Odyssey originally aired on Wednesdays, like new episodes. Yeah. Wow, how I great! I believe during this era, new episodes came out on Wednesdays. If I'm wrong, uh, don't tweet at me because who cares? Would now also be an... Twitter might be dead. <laughs> yeah, by the time this airs, Twitter might not be here. <laughs> yeah, I've got bad feelings. <laughs> Shout out to AJ for being the only reason I re-downloaded Twitter just to respond to his DMs. Uh, past and future guest AJ Diddy. Love to see it. Uh, now would be an excellent time, uh, barring uh, barring Dylan's permission, to talk about the fact that this episode has an incredible cast. Oh yeah, we we can we can talk about cast if we feel like it. Um, we can also hit it as it comes, but that's fair. I think I think. The right most notably, we have Earl Bowen as Nimrod, who is the voice of Doctor Regis Blackard, and the best name in the whole freaking Bible. I'm looking at you, Jesus. <laughs> Ooh, that's a hot take. Uh, and yeah, he's just he's great villain. And we also have uh, Corey Burton playing the Angel, um, mm-hmm. who uh, Drew you may know as. Uh, the voice of Count Dooku in all things Star Wars animated. Oh. Also Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. Um, also uh, in the show, he's, he's the Avatar voice of Crying well. Brian Dern. Um, yeah, man's all over the place. He's hmm. a great voice. Mm-hmm. Well, now you know. Indeed. All right. Let's roll um, the promo. Yeah, with all that being said, it's promo time. Smarter people and better technology would make this planet a better place, wouldn't they? On the next Adventures in Odyssey, Nathaniel thinks he has the answer to the world's problems. But when he and Eugene travel to a distant land, he finds that his idea has already been tried and failed. Why can't everyone just get along? Learn the answer on the next Adventures in Odyssey. Tower of Babel was constructed during the Italian Renaissance. (laughs) (laughs) That was... That's not what I got from the episode. I'll throw that out there. Why can't everyone just get along, Drew? Well, that too, but I was even saying his point wasn't better technology and no <laughs> was it better technology and and and, and smarter people oh and yeah, smarter yeah, people yeah. yeah that had nothing to do with <laughs> any of it that had nothing to do with even what he was saying let yeah. alone like nathaniel in the in, in the story the yeah the the getting along part i guess that's that's fair uh-huh but, uh-huh 
So the, the episode <sighs> itself starts with a debate between uh, Nathaniel, a child, and Eugene, an adult, about... <laughs> um, about like a world without borders and with one language and how like much better that would be mm-hmm. and Eugene considers this a childish idea and rather than like continue the intellectual debate as Nathaniel phrases it um he just decides they're going to take an imagination station trip and i do enjoy the bit of Nathaniel being very um like he's 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 got like an, an air of like faux sophistication oh yeah no, where he's just no. like oh, come on we don't need to resort to such childish methods as yeah like putting me in this <laughs> imagination lessons. station to manipulate me into believing what you believe and i'm like well that is kind of the premise of the imagination <laughs> station. um it's where we throw our children who disagree with us but <laughs> i'm glad you're aware of that nathaniel <laughs> No, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting because he does have very much like a like a faux philosophical, phil philosophical uh, intentionally, I would say, uh, air about him where he's. It almost sounds like this is an anti-communist episode, which is fair. I mean, would be very like focus, and you know, not the biggest fan of communism myself, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk down on it, but it was just it was definitely not the approach I thought was going to pivot into the Tower of Battle. <laughs> yeah, I wrote down Nathaniel sounds like a kid who listened to Imagine by John Lennon one yeah. time and then thought to himself, you know what? That doesn't sound so bad. Um, which which I feel like basically kinda sums up I mean, if you've ever heard Imagine by John Lennon, yep. uh, you, you understand well. the premise that Nathaniel's saying like he literally I looked up the lyrics and it's Almost yeah, line no for borders. line for a couple a couple things there. Um, I will say, uh, Eugene at the beginning, kind of a butt. Just like, <laughs> you know, saying something. Uh, what did he say? There's uh, the line where it's like two. Where oh, he's yes. like, we're both adults. Yeah, can we, he said, can we continue this conversation as two adults? And Eugene says, we could, but we're missing an adult. And I was like, <laughs> why? This is a kid. He's actually having a conversation with you. He's not it's, doing like it's so bad. Much sass. I heard that in my car, and I almost swerved into the other lane. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!" And I understand, right? It's the premise of the episode, but there is something weird about being like, "We're we're having like an interesting conversation here," but rather than c- continuing in our interesting conversation, I'm just going to like pivot towards like (laughs) let's go experience a story yeah Yeah. and it's like it's such a like i don't know it it feels it feels very much like a lot of my like church upbringing or whatnot where Mm -hmm. it was like hey i've got questions and they were like well just read the bible yeah (laughs) Yeah. you know who had also had questions david (laughs) yes that yeah i felt that a little bit too like just this isn't how you should treat anyone let alone a kid who's asking questions and actually trying to have dialogue with you though i will say uh pretty much directly after that when uh nathaniel's like you know you're just gonna put me in here so that way i agree with you i did Mm -hmm. appreciate how eugene answered him Mm -hmm. and said like you know i'm not trying to change your mind i'm just presenting facts. i'm showing you more facts so that you can make your own conclusion which and no, there was no point in the 
imagination station until the very end where Nathaniel specifically asks him what the point was. Did uh, did he actually, like, try and, like, tell him anything? He just mm-hmm. was allowing him to experience it, was telling him, like, oh, this is happening or that's what this is or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, like, yep. straight Exposition, facts. But yes. not-, not, like, trying to sway him in any way. So mm-hmm. I did appreciate how he kind of, like, pulled it together a little bit yeah like after he threw the child in the machine yes i mean sure there was that but 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 there is there yeah there's the good moment where nathaniel's like wait you're going on this with me and he's like well yeah i I," like he's like i haven't experienced this either and nathaniel kind of has the moment of like oh maybe i'm going to come out on top yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) like like there's at least opportunity i'm not being told hey here's what to believe i am being presented a story yeah the goal is still, hey, here's what to believe. Sure. But it's at least, it lets Nathaniel be an active participant yeah. in that, which I do appreciate. And I will say there was no point in the Imagination Station where it felt like Eugene had, like, a big advantage mm-hmm. over Nathaniel. Yeah. I mean, he knew some things that Nathaniel didn't, right. but... For the most part, either Nathaniel knew already or right. came to his own conclusion of it with just some basic information from Eugene or surrounding characters, or they were both confused and had no idea what was going yeah, on. Yeah. So I, I appreciated that it wasn't like he went back with him, yes, because he had an and experience. And he just had his it. arms crossed. Yeah, but he like, wasn't just like, lesson. yeah, here's the thing, you, you punk kid. It felt more like, hey, I, we're. We're kind of in this together in a sense of like we're going through this and trying to figure out what's going on and learning these things. Well, one strange thing about this episode that I found was how quickly – so there's not a – like from a production standpoint, there's not a long intro. There's not a long outro. There is no outro. (laughs) There is no – like there is no outro. It's all – like it it almost feels like the the writer for this like wrote like a 30-minute episode and they were like, actually, we have to do ads. (laughs) (laughs) And so they had to like chop it up a bunch because it is very much like a – we have a really rushed conversation. We get thrown into the imagination station. Then we have our adventure and that is the episode, whereas, yeah. like, you know, with other uh, Imagination Station episodes, there's a bit more setup, and then there's a bit more debriefing afterwards as far as, what was this experience like, and what did you learn, and all of that, where right, this is just kind of like a, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> right, but the... Ad- Thanks for listening to Adventures in Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the advantage they have, though, is that they're sending the adult figure back with them, True. which normally the kids go on the adventure and then have to come out to be lectured by the adult about True. what they learned. True. Whereas because Eugene's there, we can have that realization and conversation happen while they're still in the setting. Mm. Yeah. And, and it kind of happens throughout. Now, I will say before they go in, the last thing I wanted to briefly touch on is the quote from Eugene, which is, I, I think, the crux of the whole sort of imagination, the whole episode, really, uh, where in talking to Nathaniel, he says, your notion is that a united mankind can overcome anything is missing one very important element, which is what we learn going into yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, we'll figure out what that element is. But I think I do think that actually frames helpfully what they're trying to accomplish in Mm -hmm. this story and what he's trying to communicate to nathaniel yeah he's like there is one thing that i think might 
you know, impact how you feel or think about this. So I'm going to try and show it to you. Yeah. And this is maybe the best way I know how to communicate it. Well, and Um, as an adult talking to a kid and the kid is trying to wax poetic and be intellectual, like, I feel like that is actually pretty honoring to him to let him, instead of, like, be like, no, you're a kid, you don't know anything, like, you know, he kind of lets him, like you said, come to those conclusions on his own and really just kind of go along with him. Um, and yeah, again, like also the reason that Eugene's in the program is to check for glitches. Sure. First time ever. (laughs) Right. Which I was really expecting that to be something. And then it was not something. Um, yeah, no, he was just giving himself permission to, while he's at work, have a fun adventure. Yeah. (laughs) He was like, I'm on the clock right now. I got to justify this in some way. I'm, uh, looking for glitches. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I did, I did also like, um, kind of like, or I, I appreciated, Andrew, like what you said, how this felt like a very honoring way to talk to Nathaniel about it. This, yeah. like, um, he, he is using his story. And while, you know, we, we made jokes about like, all right, he just kind of threw him in the imagination. <laughs> yeah. Like using stories, especially to communicate with kids, even if they wax mm-hmm. poetic like Nathaniel did. I mean, I have no idea how smart Nathaniel actually is uh in the stories but even for smart kids using an illustration or a story is is a very effective way of communicating an idea and it like we were talking about he's not forcing it on him he's simply just showing him the story and saying well how does this change what you think Mm -hmm. right and in the real world you would weave things from that story into a conversation sure but this is a show predicated on everything's got to be an adventure. Yes. And also, like, it... Like, they have the device of, we can put you back here in the moment and have you experience it first. Which would be better. Right. I would rather... As a right. kid, I yeah. would rather do that than talking right. to an adult. Are you kidding me? Right. For sure. But it's like, the the thing we were alluding to earlier, which is the bad approach, is like, here's 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 the passage that'll answer all your questions yes go, go and read, read that yes. go figure but it if, out but right the the better approach being like let's sit here and have a conversation and About we can discuss yes we can discuss with this passage in mind yes um but obviously they have they have a third option that we in the real world don't actually have yes which is go back in time and experience it firsthand which is pretty slick yeah yeah i mean i feel like we could get there yeah, no, I, I mean, with HoloLens and all sure, the, the augmented sure. reality and such. Sure, I mean, the, the Imagination Station is just good VR. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, that's fair. I think that Focus could probably sue. <laughs> I don't know who. <laughs> but they could. But they could. They absolutely. I, yes. I think the concept of VR predates Adventures in Odyssey. Certainly what? not. Certainly not. 2001 A Space Odyssey. <laughs> Doesn't really have yeah. VR. They don't think. 2001 no. and Adventure in Odyssey. Amen. <laughs> I mean, how has that not happened? <laughs> that, well, that actually does sound... Novacom. Right. <laughs> that, 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 that's what I was going to say is never mind. We have we have My Girl Hallie. We have... What was oh, it? Yeah. We recently covered an episode where someone did... Oh, it's the uh, it's the uh, Seven Deadly Dwarves. Yes, has yeah. has uh, someone doing an imitation of Hal 9000. So yeah. it's fine. Um, that's... Not the point of what we're talking about, but it did sure. it did just happen. Um, so yeah, I I don't think Andrew, I don't think you and I. I was trying to think as I was prepping this. I don't think we've done a pure imagination station episode 
before. What do you mean? Like, like an episode that is just like someone goes on an adventure in yeah. the imagination station. We did like we did the environment enhancer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with um with with Connie, yeah, which is Maury. basically the same thing. Yeah, we did, but like, yeah, I don't know. I it, and we did the AR stuff with Maury, sure, and, and we did and we did stuff that like like Lucy. Gets blown up by the imagination station. Exactly. The Novacom stuff is all using imagination station, station tech. tech. Yeah. But like, um. But I don't. And know then that there's we... like, oh, Wick and... goes back to visit, like goes into the imagination station to like look for answers for something. No, that's I think Jack or Jason. Oh, Jack or Jason. Did. Um, do like is that research? Eugene? Oh, no, also, Eugene returns. Eugene returns. They restore his memory with the imagination station, but not like a classic. Right, but I, I like like for a like, coke slushy right. of imagination. In the way that adventures. like we don't we don't usually talk about Bible stories. I don't think we've done like I could go for a coke slushy. Do you want to pause again? And just get some. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, <laughs> didn't you have you had a coke slushy last time we recorded? Didn't you? I did. Because <laughs> <laughs> Balin brought you on yeah. during the AJ episode. Yep. yep. Yeah. Oh, that was great. <laughs> that was why it was our longest episode. <laughs> enough caffeine to keep yeah. going uh-huh. uh-huh but uh but yeah i that all that to say uh <laughs> this is our first one that's like we're doing like a full imagination station mm-hmm. as far as i know we've covered almost 200 episodes Which so it is, is hard to keep track yeah uh anyway um we so they 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 go in they land together in in babylon there is a ziggurat in front of them that is ascending into the clouds mm. and they get immediately mistaken as slaves mm-hmm. yeah so okay question for for academic uh scholar here <laughs> at what so i i read for one of my assignments that um, Genesis 1 is commonly dated to, like, 6th century B.C. during Babylonian captivity. Have you... In, like, when it was written? Yeah. Like, when it was, like, recorded. Yeah. Um, Do you... Is this... Do you know when this was written? Was that, like, uh, like officially penned down? Would that have been during that same period? Uh, Um... I mean, like, Christian tradition has, like, Genesis being penned by Moses for the most part. Yeah, that's that's general Christian tradition. There are other—it depends on how old you think the world is. Maybe 6,000 <laughs> B.C. is actually too old, and the yeah. world didn't exist. I— yeah. Well, what's um, your person? Well, well the, I, I'm not asking for w- what God Drew, says. You got, I'm you asking have to, for what you Drew have says. To, you got to, you got to defend your position here, and and hope no theology professors listen to you. That <laughs> sounds so. They don't. They don't. I guarantee you. Um, if they did, they would have given up a long time ago on this show. <laughs> I I honestly don't know. I haven't done enough research into the uh, mm-hmm. specific authorship of you know, the Pentateuch and early Old Testament writings. The tradition is that Moses wrote through near the end of Deuteronomy, at which point Joshua took over, mm-hmm. or scribes for Joshua. Mm-hmm. So if you had to pin me to a wall and put a gun to my head, what do I believe? That's probably what I would say at this point. Yeah. But yeah, I haven't I haven't done enough research to give you a 
mm-hmm. a more complete answer. Well, I just know because the like we're talking Babylonian servitude and stuff, and then obviously Israel was taken captive by the Babylonians. So. Yeah, sure. So this this story far predates Babylonian the empire. Yes, okay. like this is this is no when the flood happened, like three to four generations, depending mm-hmm. on who well, we're yeah, talking about. Oh, yeah, they even talk about that in the episode, yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, I believe so, this establishes four generations, but one of those, gener- like, the, but the person who's four generations after it is 400 years old. Yes, so, correct. Mm-hmm. Even though Nimrod is only three generations out and is apparently a young spry king. Right. Now, <laughs> when, people, when people live to be 400, I mean, you, you know, yeah. we have people today where, like, you know, you're older than your nephew or whatever, or sure. younger than your nephew, whatever. Sure. But, but yeah, it uh, is. Well, and, and that kind of gets us to the crux of this episode, which is, like, so I intentionally didn't go back and reread the story because I was like, I, I want to be able to come at it from, like, my memory, what the show is presenting, and let Drew be the expert. But, like... <laughs> My recollection is that this is like a blip in Genesis. Yeah, it's like, nine it's... verses. <laughs> it's it's nine verses. It's not that big. Uh, yeah. And a lot of the stuff that they had... This actually, I wrote a little blip at the top of my thing. Uh, there's, there's nine verses, and then there's a lot of, like, I don't know, points of mystery in yeah. terms of, like, what actually happened. And there's things that, like, were pretty confident and things that we're not near as confident about. Uh, And I I will say off the top, in terms of the way that they structured the story, the things that they did are things that are a potential scholarly appropriate evaluation of the Tower of Babel uh, for the most part. I mean, obviously there are some artistic liberty in the sense of like, you know, Eber's granddaughter, like what that mm-hmm. kind of weirdness. Um, but in terms of like Nimrod ruling, all of that kind of stuff, the ziggurat for Marduk, all of that is an acceptable interpretation of what is going on there. Um, so I will give them credit for that. They at least, it's not like the, some of the other ones where they just kind of like, through and whatever like they it feels like they actually did their research because in in doing research of my own i found that that was certainly one of the more popular uh options so mm-hmm. yeah so yeah because i it's one of those things where it's like right i as a my i feel like my view on this story is very informed by sunday school and by nothing academic because it is just like i'm just like in my head i'm picturing like the washington monument but taller yep. not like a building like the ziggurat yeah like it yeah. it's like that very yeah i don't know i feel like i i have such a so i've always had such a childish approach because because it does it has the feeling of like of a lot of like mythology mm-hmm. in it where it's just kind of like, hey, we all speak different languages. How did that happen? Yeah. Boom, here's a story. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. like, whether or not that's your interpretation of why this story exists, it's easy to fall into the the path of just viewing it through that lens. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. if th- I'm not, like, even if that's 
not my belief, mm-hmm. it, it can still exist kind of in that place in my head. Sure. Where I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's like the story where it's like, hey, we've got language now. Sure, and then yeah. I move on. <laughs> yes. So, and helped by the fact that it is such a brief portion of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. I, I agree. But, but so I, I was assuming... Um, or like, and there's also, I guess there's, there's the mix in of like stuff that I did actually learn in like, from like mythology of like, I feel like, I don't know what, so we've got, it makes linguistic sense that Babel is tied to Babylon. Is that there in the text? Yeah. I mean, Babel, Babylon is, is the name of Babel later. (laughs) I mean, that's, yeah. Right. And and Babel actually weirdly uh is is a sort of Hebrew kind of mixing it up a little bit from Balal, which is the Hebrew verb for like to be confused. Oh. And so sure. it's kind of like a fun play on words where like uh-huh. you confuse the word about being confused yep. and now it's Babel. <laughs> right. In the same yeah. way that like all Old Testament names have like Actually a double meaning. A, yeah, exactly. So this is like confused place spelled wrong. Which is just, <laughs> that's, oh, it's so choice. That's good. That's good. All, I say this, I think, every time I'm on, but anyone who says God doesn't have a sense of humor is just so wrong. <laughs> no. He's so funny. Yeah. Um, he's like the OG dad joke maker, and I just, I love it. Um, yeah, so that, that yes, the tie to Babylon is, is appropriate. And it's in the same location. It's in what okay. would be modern-day Iraq between the Tigris and the Euphrates. It's the Shinar Valley. Yeah. Um, and is it yeah. presumed that it is like historically viable that this structure was as large as say the text would claim whereas yeah so basically touching the sky it's like the first skyscraper yes that's that's an interesting point so i mean i'm not sure about skyscraper in the way that we would talk about it but as far as that time period at least it, it is likely that it was a massive building and part of the reasons for this is because of that area's ability uh, like their materials for creating things mm-hmm. in uh, like the Israel area um, and and further in that direction, uh, they didn't have like bricks. Like yeah. they didn't bake bricks or dry bricks or anything. They just used stone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like mud and clay was used to create like smaller house buildings. Stone yeah. was used for larger buildings, mm-hmm. temples, things like that. Probably Whereas, more of like an adhesive type yes. situation compared to... Literally, yeah, making your own bricks. Correct. Whereas over in this valley, they had no stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just wasn't a really plentiful resource. So they learned mm-hmm. over time how to take, you know, the sand and the mud and the dirt and stuff and make bricks and then also create a sort of... straw in it? Isn't that... I isn't that don't thing? know. I think straw is in some stuff, but yeah, I don't maybe. Know. It's possible <laughs> that it's in here. I, sure. I didn't I feel like I heard there. Carver mention something about straw in OT1. <laughs> entirely <laughs> possible. Sure. Um, but uh, it, it is certainly... The, the brick and mortar is a, a, a feature of this location, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is also kind of how they located... Or how they worked to locate the Shinar Valley. Because at the time period that one might try and date this, looking mm-hmm. at it from a biblical standpoint, it would this would be the only location where they would have bricks yeah. and mortar. And it would make sense that they like specify in verse three 
uh, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly, and they had bricks for stone and they had tar for mortar, mm-hmm. like clarifying the difference of yeah. building materials mm-hmm. when they're doing this yeah. as opposed to where the author was from, like mm-hmm. seeing this mm-hmm. or sure. having this passed down. Yeah. Clarifying, like, hey, instead and they of, went through the drive-through at McDonald's and they <laughs> ordered yeah, like, a large fry. Yes, and we like did if not we know. only went inside of a yeah. McDonald's to yeah. get food, and then they were like, they went to the McDonald's, they yelled through a window, <laughs> and they went through the drive-through in order to purchase the food. Like that's yeah. they're clarifying what it is because it's different than the standard. Um, so, yes, very very interesting. Yeah. Well, and cigarettes are at least from my understanding, like, they have a really big base. Yes. Despite being not super tall. So if you wanted to make it really tall, it wouldn't be that hard to almost pyramid it up much farther. It's similarly to, like, a pyramid where you you start on the outside and you just kind of work it up. You do the same thing with the ziggurat, where, like, essentially it's a spiral Mm -hmm. that just kind of keeps on keeping on. Spiral. Yeah. And so... Okay. You can just add another layer all the way up to the top. And, and my childish stuck. imagination, when I heard the Tower of Babel, Babel imagined like the uh, like the Washington Monument. Just, yep, yep, way just straight up, just yeah. like, essentially a stick to yeah. the sky. <laughs> yep. No, I agree. That's that's exactly. I'm, what I'm I picturing. I'm picturing the so the the classic mm-hmm. square like two by two um, uh, Duplo block just stacked <laughs> just on just top all of the each way other. up, all the way. Yep. Nope, that's that's exactly fair. It's very likely to fall over, but when it does, those pieces will not break apart. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so this is the ziggurat is explained as being a temple to Marduk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marduk, Marduk. What, what's our what's our depends on cares? how you okay. want to do it. Marduk right. is fine. How would you say it in Hebrew? Uh, <laughs> that is. Hold on, I had it written here. Do, 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 do. Uh, Merudach. Oh. That's hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we probably won't call it that for the rest of the episode. Yeah, I'm but, not. I'm, I'm probably going to say uh, Marduk and Marduk. Merodach, <laughs> depending on how it rolls off my tongue. Appropriate Hebrew is pronunciation. Marmaduke I normally, bad? Marduk. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do that. I'll probably call him Marduk uh, through through the rest of it. Because that's yeah. the general English transliteration. There we go. There we go. Um, so yeah, so this is a, a temple being built to Marduk, which is it, not in the Bible. Okay, that's what I was, that was going to be my next thing, is I assume that's not in there. I do know Marduk is being like Babylonian god, dude, mm-hmm, so yep. like, but that's not, that's from mythology, not from, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, Marduk is mentioned in scripture as like Plenty Babylonian of times. god, yeah. but not here, so I mean. Because okay. it's nine verses. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the... This this is where you kind of have two divergent paths in terms of the purpose of the tower. Uh, the first is it's it's a, a temple to Marduk, which traditionally most of the ziggurats in mm-hmm. you know history have been temples mm-hmm. to gods or things or whatever. Um, so that's not necessarily a bad choice. And Marduk would be this would likely be one of the first ziggurats mm-hmm. and marduk is like the head honcho of of that uh cosmology yes yeah so the the idea that it would be a temple to marduk trying to be the greatest temple or whatever that i mean that adds up that's, that's reasonable fair. yeah um the alternative is it is an attempt by humanity to defy god asking them to spread out and in an attempt to kind of stay together 
and kind of stick it to the man, so to speak. Mm-hmm. They made this building because, I mean, have you ever worked on like a project with other people, you know, mm-hmm. like you kind of get that buy-in and you're all kind of in it together and then you just, it feels good to keep doing it. And so you mm-hmm. keep working together, especially when it's a good team and you're all on the same page. So yeah, no, that's the premise of this podcast. Yep. <laughs> right. So similarly to why this podcast still exists, uh, the other primary interpretation, right, is that all the people together wanted to build this as a sort of monument to themselves and mm-hmm. also as a way of like having a sort of collective consciousness idea, mm-hmm. which right. in like, the... Yeah, like we can make, we can join the gods in the sky and the Correct. high council or whatever. And Yes, they, yeah. attempting to be their own god. And Yeah, and that's always been my assumption about this story is that, like, this is a celebration of humanity. And it, and it honestly, like, it, and that I feel like lines up really well with the premise that's set out before they go into the Imagination Station. But it is not backed up. But then it's not the story they decide to tell. But Dylan, you forgot something really important. And that's that bad gods are more evil and icky and it's easier for us to know that that's bad rather than seeing humans do something that they think is good that is actually right right (laughs) because because it brings up the interesting thing of like they immediately are like they're immediately uh pointed out as being slaves Mm -hmm. yep and are told which is not in there get in line and Mm -hmm. get to work and then like yeah, and then there's this whole thing about, like, anytime they, like, they just casually bring up their god being the one true god, and this guy is like, no, 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 we're all Marduk people around here, like, get in line, <laughs> yeah. you people, the like, you can't, you're not even allowed to talk about that, yeah. and I was like, once again, having not, like, revisited the story for a long time, but very much, that was not my impression of things and it seemed like an an like a yeah i mean maybe and maybe it is just kind of this is a story for kids kind of thing but like to very quickly be like it sets up such an an us versus them where them is clearly bad as they worship a false god and they have and they're enslaving everyone else and telling them that like they can't even talk about the truth mm-hmm. um versus like us the pure righteous people who like believe there's still like you know uh you know the you know the god of our ancestors um you know and yeah it just it's a weird it just struck me as weird because i don't think it furthers the illustration of their point mm-hmm. so it seems like a weird leap to take the story in this direction without doing that but i guess if you're saying this is a popular interpretation or like a generally accepted one then that makes it less of a leap yeah so i mean i'll i'll can't believe i'm saying this in defense of focus on the family in this (laughs) situation what they did in terms of uh murdoch um and uh nimrod and that kind of structure is is acceptable and i mean if you think about it right let's Let's say that they are building a temple to Murdoch. 
and Nimrod, who is the grandson, great grandson of Noah, you know, grandson of Japheth, I think. Either way, uh, son of Cush, got that one for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> well, and, and, and to be clear, Eber is 420 years old. <laughs> yeah! So. Good, good. You best believe my ears perked up. <laughs> so assuming, like assuming those things, that interpretation is accurate, right? It would make sense that you wouldn't be allowed to speak of uh, Adonai. Like that, you wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he shouldn't be calling him Yahweh. Because <laughs> no one, you don't call God by his name. That's actually super Very, but, yeah. but isn't it, but, none of the characters, it's only none Eugene of them know who that. says it. Yes, it is. I will note, it is only Eugene. But also, even today, it's kind of like, maybe you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, but that's... That's good to know. So if I'm writing my paper, I shouldn't refer to God as Yahweh? Because uh, I've seen... Among I've Protestants, seen... people don't care as much. Yeah, if you are talking yeah, yeah. to... Anyone who is a Catholic or is Jewish, big do do, big do do, um, <laughs> super don't. Um, yeah, one true God is inappropriate. Okay. I don't say that. Yeah, um, I think it is that interesting thing too, where it's like they can't do. Where I was like, man, why did they keep like falling on one true God? And then I was like, oh right, we were like early enough in history yeah. that there's not really another option like you yeah. can't be like and they do do the god of noah at one point which mm-hmm. kind of works but like they don't have like yeah. the classic god of like abraham isaac yeah. jacob like yeah. you don't well, have and they don't like, even have the, the i am statement yet like, right we don't have oh, i am who i point. am so yeah. like yeah which which is where the name of god comes from right, right. it's a variation of the verb you know to do or to be um and so it's that's where it, it's written here in the Hebrew text, right? It's written as, you know, the the tetragrammaton. But Sorry, what? Tetragrammaton? Uh, it's the four consonants that make up the name of of God. So be Y W H W? Yod hey vav hey. Yes. Yeah. So when you like when you're if you're reading like a Jewish scripture or something like that, if you're reading like, it out loud, and you would replace it with Adonai. Okay. So instead of saying yeah. whatever the tetragrammaton would be pronounced mm-hmm. as, which they don't pronounce it, you would say Adonai, Adonai. which is me. the Lord. The Lord, cool. Um, like that, which is I'm used cool other that. places. Like Adonai is another word that they used to describe. Like Adonai mm. Elohim, the Lord God. I think we should um, bring that back. I like. I Adonai. love it's Elohim. It's a fun one, That's and Elohim great. is also. Good. Mm. Anyway, you ever you ever been in worship and and they bust out the Elohim word? Doesn't that make you feel closer to God? I don't know. Maybe that's just a me thing. I don't know if I've been in worship and they busted out the Elohim word. But, you know, <laughs> the E word? The E word. Um, I'm presuming it is. Is it spelled with an E? Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. Uh, so the, 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 the Murdoch. Oh, so it would make sense that they wouldn't be able to talk about Adonai in yeah. that situation. Um, so I, I see kind of how they got to that point however dylan i do agree with you that i think that ultimately this takes away from the fact that humans are just well and the point that they're trying to address before they get in the imagination station that is well if humans unite then we can solve all of our problems Mm -hmm. and and eugene's like well you're missing something and that would be god but it's shown in the episode that like 
what it's just there's other gods and that's that's the problem right like it, it becomes it becomes a like the good people versus a dictator yeah versus like humans humanism versus themselves yeah. Yeah. Kind well, of and that's that's the other thing it shows well we'll get to that i have to cool it but <laughs> um i think that the if you think about like the really bad things that are happening here like what makes this society bad mm-hmm. right they worship murdoch they are building big temple to him to reach the stars to know him better and yeah. get his wisdom from this guy and also <laughs> the fact that they're doing human sacrifices and yep. slavery yep right so those are those are the bad things which are to be clear bad they things they are bad the, uh, <laughs> but the hosts of, of the wadfam chalk pod do stand behind those as being bad yes great good <laughs> i'm glad <laughs> But I thought you endorsed slavery. <laughs> Yikes! But I think looking at that, we it, you miss the point of what's actually the problem because it yeah. it becomes more a bunch of symptoms as opposed to what is the underlying cause exactly. Yeah. And so, as a kid who would listen to this, you'd be like, "Oh, well, of course they're bad. They have they're worshiping and, the wrong god." Well, and that's what Nathaniel says too. Like, mm. there's slaves here, and Eugene even makes a point of saying, "Like, yeah, not so great after all, huh?" Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, well, yes, but. That's not the point. (laughs) Them having slaves also kind of... It muddies the waters. Yes, because additionally, if they're not all bought in, right, to this thing, then it's not... They're not working together, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and if they're not... If there are people who are willing to rise up, then they're not working together. They're not truly Splitting up the language is not... That's not the problem. Like, God isn't needed. They'll rise up and do their own thing anyway which will bring an end to this whole situation like that's not right like we're Mm -hmm. we're given we're given this picture beforehand of this is a time in which like humanity is unified under one cause and then we land in the time and immediately there is disunity yeah yeah (laughs) and that and that inherently makes this less impactful exactly because the whole point of it is no longer the point of it uh, yeah yeah <laughs> well and again but within the context that all of us kind of grew up being exposed to it and understanding it within the greater biblical narrative as to like ha- yeah how it serves like the tower of babel is from my perspective has always been like yeah humans can't be god we tried that we built the real tall tower and now we've got a bunch of different languages so yeah. clearly that didn't work yes <laughs> like and yeah and i think that's that's a good point to take out of it and and additionally like while while this can be seen as the birth of any language it, it does point out that it, you know the groups did disperse like mm-hmm. right after they had kids right like so yep. Uh, in chapter 10, it's a whole thing talking about the descendants of Noah. And even in, like, the first generation, people are moving to Africa and yeah. to, you know, parts of Europe and Asia and whatever. So, like, they're Wherever already... The are. They're <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so they're already spreading. So it is entirely possible at the point that this actually happened. Those other cultures, right, mm-hmm. have, have even had their own language. Like, that's... That's not actually outside the question. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's possible they didn't. They just kept speaking the same one. But it's also possible that they had already kind of moved past that. But the the problem is that this group of people actively defied God mm-hmm. and his request for them to go and populate and all of that. 
and rather said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top reaches to the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered over the face of the whole earth. Mm -hmm. Which is directly after, in the last chapter, where it said, Go and spread over the face of the earth. Yeah. And so it's like this, it's a direct defiance Mm -hmm. as a group. Mm Mm-hmm. Where they've all kind of come together with with one purpose. Yeah. In, in verse one, it talks about the whole earth had one language, and a lot of English translations say in the same words or mm-hmm. in the same voice or whatever. The word there is uh, davar, uh, mm-hmm. davarim. Technically, it's plural, um, but that means word or thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it actually makes a little bit more sense to kind of pull out the force of thing as more of like an idea mm-hmm. of like. The earth had one language and the same word or, or same concept, idea, same thing mm-hmm. that they were valuing. Mm-hmm. Um, same focus. Yes, mm. same focus. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> and so that sort of, that focus then is to not be scattered, which is direct defiance of God, and then to build a tower to reach up to the heavens in order to, one, remain directly unified, and God. two, to directly <laughs> defy God. So like, you know, it's... <laughs> By making it a bunch of slaves or all this bad stuff, then you're, I feel like you're kind of pulling away from even what they're trying to communicate yeah. in, in this audio episode. Well, and how it's been understood within the faith. Yes. I'd- so in the in the plot of the episode, it's Nathaniel eventually figures out, like has this moment of realization where he's like, oh, wait, this is the Tower of Babel, which I think is a really fun thing mm-hmm. of just like, he has also like grown up with this story yeah and like has come to this on his own of like connecting the dots and being like aha i understand what's happening here now mm-hmm. um and then they all go to th- they I-, I forget who the guy they go with is but they go to the house of eber yoktali hmm. ah okay he's not real okay oh, but man. eber is Eber is. So I, I was like, when they said, when they do like the trace back of Eber's line of like saying like, oh, he's connected to Noah. I was like, this has to be someone who was like mentioned in a chronology at some yeah. point. And yeah. so that's where we're getting the character from. It was I, it was I, is that a good, yes. good guess? Correct. Yep. yep. So he, uh, it was, Eber is the son of Shalah. Who's the son of, oh gosh, I should have done this. <laughs> Arf- You're Fak- fine. Saad. Ugh. Who's the son of Shem, which yeah. is one of the three sons of Noah. So that's how it that's how it connects back. Yeah. Um, and he has right, so he has uh Jacques. I'm just going with Jacques. <laughs> it's it's Yoktali. Yoktali and and Mar- Lillian. I mean they say with a hard J, but it is certainly not Hebrew doesn't have a J, so no. <laughs> <laughs> let's All right. Thanks, Phil. So, so we've got we've got well, it's not Phil who wrote this, but Although he did do the direction, which I guess would be pronunciation. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Look at that. Um, I always blame Phil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we have Lillian. And she's a woman. She wasn't noted because she didn't do anything particularly special. Uh-huh, it's the uh-huh. Old Testament. Who, she's, yep. she's a granddaughter. She also doesn't do anything special in this episode. That's a great nope. point, honestly. <laughs> she's just kind of there. She's there. Um, I guess I... I I'll give them props for including one woman in the story. I, you know? I mean, there's not really anyone specifically in this right. story. So it's like if you're gonna... So I mean, fair. They had a yeah. slave man who 
connected them with Eber, who's an actual person, and yep. then they added a girl. And yep. that's great. <laughs> yeah. And and then their uh and then their home gets invaded. So they, they right, they come to this thing where they're like, We all believe in like the one true God. This city's amazing, but like we can't talk about it. Yeah. Um and then uh yeah, uh guards show up and and couple people escape out nathaniel and and Jacques escape out the back Mm -hmm. and uh lillian and eugene get taken by a guard who says resistance is futile which was very funny (laughs) i yeah i hate (laughs) i i hate how these nathaniel and eugene are just dumb (laughs) <laughs> I have I have a comment that said Eugene making the dumb door comment made me dumber. Oh, um, no, you oh, see I love that and joke. I also where the, where the no. guards like where does that door go and he goes depends on which side you go through. <laughs> well, and Nathaniel not I heard that it. and I went, you know, I'm going to have to use that in my life if the opportunity presents Gosh, itself. I'm it's going to be me. I'm going to ask you where the door goes and you're going to say whatever. <sighs> and I put I, my I, head through the door. <laughs> I also I hate that Nathaniel can't take a hint like mm-hmm. when they're talking about the one true God and he's like bro shut up about it dude and he's like why can't I talk about the one true God bro yeah, yeah like yeah. T- t- the first time shut uh-huh. up you're a slave you almost got whipped why are you still talking <laughs> where he's like wow you might actually hit me with that whip yeah and he's like careful you're gonna hit someone and the guy's like dude, oh come I must on. be losing my I touch missed? <laughs> yeah. like oh yeah. my gosh and Oh, it's so upsetting. For immediately recognizing slaves, he did not grasp anything else. The concept of slavery. Yeah, no. Uh, And, like, and slightly later when Eugene and Lillian are in the, like, Nimrod's court or whatever, unprompted, this dude goes off about the one true God. Eugene, Mm -hmm. you didn't. He didn't ask you about that. You didn't have to go in the shtick. It's not like you were defending anything. You just yep. were like, hey, by the way, what do you want to learn from the stars? Because, I mean, they just have to believe in God, too. Right. It's like, but, why would you do that? Well, <laughs> but see, this is the thing that, like, especially with the way this dynamic is set up in this episode and also, like, the lens of focus on the family Mm-hmm. is they have to turn it into a persecution narrative. And, like, mm. it really... I feel like it really parallels a lot of their more contemporary stuff where they're not talking about a story in the past, but are talking about, you like know... Culture life culture war ne- Right. Yeah. It has such a, like, I have to stand here and defend my position and assert that, like, what I believe is different than what you believe unprompted and with no with no concern about my own well-being and no concern about your receptiveness to hear this like i just gotta speak my truth man yeah and like it (laughs) and who cares if the child gets killed (laughs) and yeah it just feels like wow like we like that is yeah this is late 90s like that's so much of their energy especially um i mean during that time moving forward but like it's this thing of like, oh, well, we got like, right here. Here's a story about like, about humanity kind of besting itself, but we're gonna turn it into an our god versus their god, and we're gonna make sure that like our main characters are going out and evangelizing and are being like are literally going to be burned at an altar as the result, 
And it's like, that is, it's not, like, as you said, Drew, it's not, um, like, antithetical to the time. It's not, like, necessarily bad theology because this is, like, a plausible turn of events. Mm-hmm. But it feels like it is so informed by, like, their lens and them yeah, projecting they're... back um, in a way that I don't particularly like. Well, and in, in a way that I don't feel particularly like particularly serves the episode and what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Where it's like if you Eugene, if you want, if you want Nathaniel to come to these conclusions on his own, is that really best executed by you standing up and espousing what he should believe in front of everybody? Well, he wasn't there. True. True. Yeah, and but. and the 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 thing is not that Nathaniel doesn't believe in God. Like that's not no, yeah. that's never called into question in this episode. It's very much like Nathaniel's like humans working together can accomplish great things and Eugene's like, "Well, yeah, but not in reality." Yeah. But Fair. but that's not <laughs> but then right but then we go back to a time and the tension becomes persecution yeah, yeah. instead of well and and a religious coup and yeah. uprising yeah which, <laughs> which to be fair they do say it's bad the the like Eber the wise man and the angel are both like don't do that so <laughs> so to be fair Ill-advised. it's not like they're like this is a good thing yeah but also. But they, they they don't even say it's not a good thing. They just say it's like not necessary. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> well, he says don't do it, so there's no unnecessary bloodshed. But right. then the stuff happens, right? Language is mixed up. They run away, and they see smoke rising from the city, and say that's the smoke of war. You think that a war is happening without bloodshed? Like that's not the point. <laughs> you. The point was not to spare blood. The blood was blood, man. It did its thing. Like, yeah. I, I, there Blood's was gonna war. blood. Blood's gonna blood. Blood's gonna blood. New merch. Blood is gonna blood. I, that's rough. Um, but like, if I wear that in the city, I will get shot. Probably don't do that. Yeah, I don't know. It just the whole uh, these extra things. Now the religious uprising is not. I don't know where they got that from, but mm-hmm. all of these other things feel so extraneous to what they're actually, what it feels like they're actually trying to communicate and what the story ultimately communicates in scripture. And it's, it's just, it's just there. And I feel like you could, you could still fill a full 30 minutes with just 25, don't forget. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like you can fill a full... T- well, this one was 26 minutes and 11 seconds, to be fair. But True. I feel like you could fill the full time with just what's in those verses yeah. and extrapolating like them working together to build this great monument to themselves. Exactly. Because they're building themselves a city and a tower whose top reaches the heavens. Well, and how much more powerful would it have been for Nathaniel to enthusiastically participate in the construction of the tower than to go to the top and be like, oh, this wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And then you get the story unfolding as opposed to what we proposed as or what they proposed as, you know, just kind of like a persecution narrative where there's a there's a holy remnant that's calling it out and they're perfectly on that side. Yeah. Because it it shows 
it shows from the point that he's called a slave, right? From that mm-hmm. point on, he he appreciates the size of the tower, but he does not appreciate what it's attempting to accomplish. Right. As opposed to if he were like, wow, look at this awesome thing that we're doing. Let's do this awesome thing. And then sees how that is in direct violation of God mm-hmm. and how it's a man-based ego thing, essentially. Like right. that... I feel like that really clarifies the purpose of this as opposed to just yeah whatever i don't know as opposed to what we got which is appearing to be more ideologically based than in the the scriptures themselves and yeah what you know uh scholarly critiques would suggest yeah uh we have a messenger show up at eber uh, yep. his house um a that is uh, i mean it's credited in the episode as an angel it's very clearly an angel but i i like the i like the very old testament feel of being like we've got a messenger yeah. like mm-hmm. well i mean and in both greek and hebrew the word for angel is also the word for messenger like even just non-religious like mm-hmm. that's a messenger who's come to bring some news it's mm-hmm. like Oh. Grapes on sale now. <laughs> yeah, like it could be as simple as that. Like that is the same thing as an angel, yeah. like in terms of word. So, yeah. yeah. And then we also we get the we get the scene on the tower where Eugene's defending his 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 theses. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I my my main note there is just like, and we touched on it earlier, but Earl Bowen as Nimrod is doing great work. So like good. he's just he's. <laughs> perfect villain can you say nimrod in the proper like like hebrew dialect is that possible i, I really just want to hear yeah, it. let me pull up where your, he is your, your nimrod pronunciation yeah. <laughs> what's what's authentic here well this is i mean this is a shout out to uh the bible boys me and me and sir druithan uh had a bible study in high school where our dads and us would uh get together and read the bible and that was the that was like the one running bit established by said meeting. Was that Nimrod the, was cool. That we all could agree on. <laughs> well, because, so, it, okay, so here's the other thing. Nimrod is called a mighty hunter mm-hmm. before the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, it's used other places like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it talks about him going down and starting these land, like starting cities in these different areas, which is how they focus on the family, got to him being the emperor Mm -hmm. and the temple being to Murdoch because it's in that location. There's a whole... Yeah, they make him the high priest of of Babel. Yes, so there's there's that. There's an idea that maybe Nimrod is actually Gilgamesh, which is Mm. a historic figure from... Babylonian. Babylonian stuff. There's a theory that Nimrod is actually what Marduk is based off of. Uh, Mm. There's a theory that nimrod is never actually real it's just a idea of a person sure it's just like the word for emperor yeah (laughs) i mean it's not um (laughs) but like things like that so that that's kind of how they got to that point but uh, the only thing that we actually see about nimrod is that he was a mighty hunter before the lord so i mean yeah who knows anyway uh nimrod you're not gonna like it it's just nimrod oh you know actually i kind of like it though um this is nothing too fancy uh, but all that, all that to say, uh, this whole villain arc for Nimrod is 
Is that blasphemous? Not necessarily. I mean, again, it's something that you could make the case that this is directly after the chapter yeah. where it talks about him going and settling these different towns That's in fair. this area. So, sure. I mean, he's never mentioned. Eber's never mentioned. No one's ever mentioned in the story by name other than sure. the Lord mm-hmm. and sure. humankind. Mm-hmm. So those are the only two actual characters, <laughs> uh, as well as, like, the tower. So... <laughs> In terms of, like, who's doing it, what they're doing... We just don't know. You know, as my Hebrew teacher says, mio decha. No one knows. No one knows. Uh, so, uh, you know, while it's an acceptable choice, I probably wouldn't do it because you're making an assumption. And mm. also, you don't need to make that assumption for your point. Exactly. Uh, sure. But you do need to make that assumption to turn nine verses into... 20 minutes i don't think so you have to make mm. some assumptions sure but you don't have to make those ones okay yeah. all, right, all right fair fair well and you could just call him king baddie or something like that yeah, as opposed right. to just throwing say the, other the biblical king of names babel yeah. yeah yeah i think right i think they're having fun with the idea of oh we can try and like flesh this out with characters who we know are contemporary yes but like yeah, they're not. It's not like they're killing it on that front. Sure. Um, also, Nimrod's just fun as the name for a villain, yes. even though it's more fun as the name of a hero. <laughs> I, I personally agree with Andrew, but I, I get the point. Um, um, but yeah, so we we have this. Yeah, the, he he then, as we said, like starts or decides like they're going to sacrifice Eugene and Lillian mm-hmm. to, to oh. Marduk which oh. I will say uh human sacrifices like very few places in ancient Near Eastern history uh Murdoch is one of the few gods mm-hmm. that they... specifically did quite a like, bit of it yes a lot of human sacrifice so hmm. you know thumbs up focus on the family way to you, go you didn't just throw human <laughs> I mean you might have just thrown human sacrifice in there and got lucky but I would like to think <laughs> better way. of you and that you did a modicum of research and found that this is something that Murdoch liked and like went for it did he I, do like child sacrifice too uh, for Murdoch? he did too yes yeah. but also the, ever people just people yeah so the, well, the fact yeah. that yummy this is not something that's common in fact it's very uncommon and it's accurate and that would like if this were what happened right it were mm-hmm. you know Murdoch and a temple to him then that would be that mm-hmm. yeah that would sure. that would make sense and yeah so so maybe right we've got we've got a lot of historical accuracy but not a ton of biblical accuracy yes i think i appreciate the fact that within the fiction that they have created notice how i said fiction yeah <laughs> they are consistent sure. and i i do appreciate that the fact that like all right so they they've decided that this is the way that they want to you know interpret Spin the story that, yeah which like i said a acceptable we don't know way. <laughs> yeah so they did that but then they were consistent with it throughout and they kind of played out the logical conclusions of what that might look like so i'm yeah. i'm not actually opposed to that i'm mm-hmm. opposed to the fact that they didn't have to and they could have gotten the point across better yeah mm-hmm. and then the they underline this in this moment in an interesting way where they're talking about like when it started everyone was working on the tower by choice but now it's by force yeah which is like a it feels very much communism like a, right <laughs> like a communist commentary we like had a revolution pa- yeah. yeah power corrupts yes. kind of kind of message uh-huh. um 
that yeah one, not entirely incorrect sure but <laughs> right right once again like a an apt observation but not applicable to the story yeah. in a way that like really like connected with me like i was a mm-hmm. little yeah i was just kind of annoyed that it's like yeah that the message kind of right just becomes like humanity's bad because they're like because they're always gonna wind up doing bad things which is like i like it's one of those things where it's like fundamentally that's that's hard to argue with yeah and yet like i think that there is a cooler way that you could have carried that out in this story that reflects the original text in a more accurate and compelling way yeah i agree and i yes i just i feel like it's again one of those things that you just they don't need but is there Mm -hmm. just kind of because it's there um uh, uh, yeah it just it muddies the water it's not doesn't have to be there you don't need this arc and in fact by having it that way you've already kind of undercut like what we were talking about earlier your hand you tip your hand immediately Mm -hmm. yes and and it's this idea of like they're not all working together at this point. Like, yeah. They're they're already in disagreement, which Right. Yeah. Yep. And right. And so this is this is where we get the the revolutionary moment. Um we kind of <laughs> see that, that see see the revolutionaries assemble to mm. to overtake um the thing and then we've got Eber being like the nope, proletariat we have don't... nothing to lose and everything to gain right. <laughs> we don't we don't need to do this we can do this without bloodshed god himself Love. will act um yeah and which i feel like we've already covered pretty well and then mm-hmm. we have an incredible i will say like maybe my favorite moment in the episode from a uh sound design perspective mm-hmm. is when the sacrifice is about to happen on mm-hmm. the top of the tower and you have like Earl Bowen's voice like echoing mm-hmm. down, you have like the sound of wind and birds and whatnot of like establishing like we are very like high up. Like it all just like it sounds fantastic in yeah. that moment. Well and even even when he's doing that and he screams, you know, into the crowd, like in Murdoch, we are one. And then they like this chorus of like what sounds like a ton of voices all scream back in yep. unison, like in Murdoch, we are one. It's yep. like, oh, okay. yeah. All right. So like, I mean, they might be saying this under duress because sure. he's a king and he's going to kill but, some people who didn't believe. But yeah, but you know, it, it's it's chilling. Yes. And like that is, yeah, Dwayne Harms is the like did the production on this episode which he's not a guy that we talk about often because he was he was i think fairly short-lived um on the show but just like bringing his a game on this episode like i think it sounds great throughout i think the the musical cues are pretty decent Mm -hmm. like it's it's recycled uh john campbell music from previous um imagination station adventures in the same part of the world but like it's solid and yeah, I just like the thing we always got to come back to is regardless of whatever else you want to say, boy, it does it sound does good. It does sound pretty. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I will say. I mean, there wasn't a point at all where I felt like, wow, this music is just really overwhelming or overdone or anything like that. Just it, yeah. it was at worst solid and at best really good. Yeah. So, and then right, and then this is where like Nimrod goes to start like the sacrifice and like mid-sentence his words get jumbled 
and he's no longer understandable. Well, that's, that you skipped a part there. Oh, what did I skip? Well, I mean, the angel coming oh, in. Okay. But also before that, I did want to note, when Nimrod is talking before the in Murdoch We Are One, he says that uh, Murdoch saved them from the flood, gave them a single tongue, gave them the wisdom to build the city and the temple, which I just thought was interesting. That, like, I mean, we see this in other parts of scripture and stuff, and even... Uh, we as people now do similar things we're like it's one of those things it's like how quickly you forget you know what i mean yep. like I mean, oh i mean that's like the theme of the old testament yes <laughs> and i mean the theme of my daily life yeah. and the fact sure. of like sure did i, I take know, my medication it's, oh, that's a dangerous question that i ask myself regularly um <laughs> but th- like that sort of forgetfulness and sort of re-attribution of those good things that happened to you know murdoch yeah, I just, I thought that was interesting. But then also the messenger interrupts and uh, he's like, you know, stop or whatever. I don't know exactly. Or he just says Nimrod, stop or something like that. Yep. Nimrod, Nimrod is then like, who who dares interrupt? Uh, sure. And he responds, I put the quote down because it was pretty baller. He was like, the Lord God who sees your minds and your hearts and the single way you have turned away from him. Oof. I was like, oh. And he's Couldn't like, be me. Since, I've never done that, not once in my life. And he's life. like, since you have lost understanding of God, then you two will lose understanding of each other. Joe was like, <laughs> um, so that was pretty solid. And the other thing I wanted to give them credit for is uh, the calling of of Nimrod a mere man. Mm. Um, the the scripture when it talks about like the people. Um, so let us go down and. Uh, where does it say that? Uh, oh, the in verse 5 when he says Yahweh came down to see the city and the tower that humankind was building. Uh, the actual Hebrew for it is uh, Bain Adam or Bain Ha-Adam, which is uh, like the son of Adam or the sons mm-hmm. of Adam, mm-hmm. which is like, there is a word for just people, mm. right? But they didn't use that. They mm-hmm. used like, this idea of these are earthly creatures, acts. like, kind of talking about their mortality. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of, like, them kind of pulling that and making that part of, like, what they were talking about here, of, like, stressing, like, the mortality of, you know, Nimrod even, who in this is, you know, the mighty hunter. Like, they talk about there, like, surely he was a good hunter. You must admit that, Eber. And he's like, ah, yes, yes, I, yes, I admit that. Um, <laughs> Which his accent changes there and it kills me. But <laughs> that idea of like even this great person is is still just a mere mortal. Mm-hmm. And that that's in the text and they do, I think, a really good job of of pulling it. It's small, but it's one of those things that shows like the yeah. intentionality of that. Yeah. Well, and it's again, it's something that's important to highlight as to what the overall story is trying to convey in the pre-imagination station and post-imagination station portions of the episode yeah which there is no post but yes oh that's right yeah they're just like let's go home i mean they do it they do it in the imagination station but yes and i think i think while we do these critiques i think it is beneficial still to like when they do something right to like give credit because oh for sure i will say well we'll get to that but i i think they have done a lot right in this one in terms of even what they try and get across and how they do it Mm -hmm. ultimately well and i think that Um, there's a lot of uh very cool distinctions that were made um like you said that we're kind of trying to flesh out the or a theory of 
of the tower and it's you know using stuff like if you're using the word ziggurat an eight-year-old is not going to know that but they're going to ask their parents and their parents are going to be able to pull up a picture of something or they can go to the library and find something and you get just a you you get to bridge the gap of like academic understanding between you know an adult and an eight-year-old as it you know as it relates to a core story from the bible well and even with that like they call it a ziggurat right but they use other words to describe it too like the Mm -hmm. really tall building like that goes up to the sky or like they talk Mm -hmm. about oh so this is the tower of babel so Mm -hmm. like when when you make those things like yes kid may need to ask parent later what a ziggurat is but if he's listening to this like in his room or whatever right like the story he doesn't have to pause it and Mm -hmm. he can't like exactly. do anything about it until he talks to his mom like it's but if he yeah. was interested in it he, he could can later yes. yeah so i yeah i agree yeah anyway then we get to nimrod right which i in other things that i like him falling into the speaking in a foreign tongue i think is done very well yeah mm-hmm. it's like it's like it's, a slow transition yeah, into it's like good drama and it's it's really well written gibberish which is yeah. hard to was do was it gibberish it sounded kind of like German. It did sound kind of like German, but uh, it's not I couldn't discernibly figure, as yeah, I, I can couldn't tell. figure out like, what they were saying. Right. It, but, it, but it sounds like a language, which yes. is hard to do. What I wrote is... <laughs> I wrote German, maybe? Not a language yet, though. I said, I get the choice, but why not use, like, Ugaritic or something? But yeah. I guess also using Ugaritic would be kind of a pain in the butt to, like, <laughs> Try and write have someone that speak Ugaritic right. who's not, you know, someone who knows what they're saying. <laughs> I don't know. I guess he also spoke gibberish, yeah. and he figured that out fine, so I don't know. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, and then, what, they, 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 they just leave, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Everyone, yeah, like, yeah. Just... So they, they get back together, <laughs> yep. which is cool. Um the Lillian is like so annoying in this scene where <laughs> he's like, Hey, uh, this is kind of crazy. And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, there's only a certain amount of time before the mob gets violent. And he's like, she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, we should get out of here. And they're like, ah, it's like, yeah. what do you mean? What do you mean? There's like, well, they haven't had a war since before the flood drew. <laughs> Well, nobody maybe. Knows. I mean, it depends. Nobody knows what. No, I mean, they literally say that line. I know they say that line, but, but is that true? <laughs> yes. Well, sure, sure, sure. But yes, no, I get it. Um, yes, and then there's the smoke of war. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote potentially first war since the flood. Mio deja. <laughs> so, you know, who knows? Um, I did. I did. Like I mentioned earlier, the whole like Jacques-Tali, Jacques-Tali, whatever. The no bloodshed thing, and then the smoke of war. It's like, what do you think is yeah. going on? And uh-huh. also, when's the last time bloodshed has stopped God from doing something in the Old Testament? Mm. Um, Excellent point. <laughs> yeah, God's purposes. Yeah, is Look, forever. Drew, I, I, I hear you. I also uh, like, well, I was going to say, I also like that they weren't pro, like, Christian well, yeah, uprising. No, I mean, for or, sure. Again, <laughs> religious you uprising, don't need a religious so. uprising to tell this story. So, so you don't yeah. even need the idea of it. But I get it. Yes, it is good that they say <laughs> well, that that's not a good thing. Um, so, and then it talks about the missing element in Nathaniel's, uh, you know, thinking is that uh, human is, is, is fallen. Right. Um, the nature of man is fallen, and that means that great achievement is going to lead to great sin. 
so I actually liked how he actually worded it. In oh, the thing. okay. Because I thought you've got the actual. Wording? I thought he did a really good job of okay. of putting it in a way that doesn't lead to like violent Christian fundamentalism. Okay. Uh, which hey. is <laughs> as long as we are fallen. All of our greatest achievements will also be opportunities for great mm. sin, no matter what time period, age, or technological developments. Which I thought was a really good way of saying, like, hey, we have medicine. Not we also have nukes. <laughs> yes, but with medicine, there is an opportunity for great sin in, you know, like greed. Like, mm-hmm. you know, pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. driving up, like, the price of insulin to the moon. Amen. Like, that's... Wait, you guys are anti Big Pharma? Yes. I feel like. (laughs) Sorry, Andrew. I'm going to have to leave. (laughs) I try and and keep my political beliefs to a relative minimum. I'm not talking about the stash of insulin in my trunk then. (laughs) But I will say, I feel like one of those things that basically everyone except those who own the pharmaceutical companies can agree upon is that it's kind of crazy. Just like a little little pretty wild. Like. (laughs) You can still make money. In, anyway, uh-huh. uh, so so all that to say, I think the the point of as long as we're fallen at the beginning, which does point to the fact that eventually, right, you know, once consummation happens and we're, you know, made made right with God again, like, then our greatest achievements, I mean, they'll be worship, but it, they won't be opportunity for sin. Yeah. Um, right. And... While all of them are opportunities for sin, that does not mean that every single achievement is sin. must lead to sin. <laughs> yeah. But this idea that like there there's nothing that is good that we create that will not give birth to the opportunity yeah. for that, which will eventually cause the sin. Um, which I think I just thought was really really good. I yeah, thought that yeah. was a really good way to wrap it up. Well, and it's surprisingly nuanced considering. In all of our complaints about the lack of nuance in this episode for <laughs> yes. for different things. So, yes. Like, you know, you love to see it. And, yeah. As we are committed to on this show, we must uh, call out the good, even though it's less fun than calling out the bad. <laughs> well, and I think... <laughs> I that's, think that's, we, we actually say an oath before every time before mm-hmm. we start recording. Um, <laughs> put, our, put our hand on the, the Odyssey oath. Bible. <laughs> yep. Um, yep, put it on the uh, the complete guide, just in the middle go. there. Yep. We... Right hands only. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things I wanted to say is, uh, of the episodes that I've done so far, this one I actually had the least amount of problems with. Hey! Um, wild. Only took us five years, I guys. <laughs> I was, because ultimately, the moral of the story is correct. Like mm-hmm. that, regardless of how you try and come at it, right? Whether yeah. it's, you know, the more human working together, doing a bad thing, or even the Nimrod-Marduk situation. Like, at the end of the day, the point is we're fallen and everything that we do is the opportunity to become sin, which is is the point that they said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And that is, I think, the point of the story in Genesis as Mm -hmm. well as here. And Mm -hmm. so I think, I mean, this is the first one where I feel like they really kind of hit the nail on the head um, in, in terms of, like, the moral of the story and actually being... True to it, yeah. Yes, and while they took liberties and stuff, and they chose a specific, you know, interpretation. interpretation of the story, it is one that is at minimum acceptable, even if not my favorite, and yeah. is like they they played with it in a way I thought was appropriate, mm-hmm. as opposed to some of the other ones where I felt like it was like 
bordering on like really inappropriate yeah. ways yeah. of of you know playing with the text. Whereas yeah. this one was like they are logically teasing out mm-hmm. what would happen if this were the case, mm-hmm. as opposed to something that was pretty well scripted in other places, and then they're just kind of yada yada yeah for the sake of yada yada and making it slightly more fun to listen to Uh, i felt like this one was was much better but interesting all right well next year now i feel like i've been issued a challenge where it's like next year we gotta regress oh okay (laughs) it sounds like that'll probably be easier than hard because (laughs) i've heard there's one about children disciples knowing each other which baby john preposterous uh, <laughs> robin hood and baby john running through the forest that's fun um <laughs> golly what a day also the narrator lady at the end the verse she uses is genesis 6 5 yes which is pre the yeah, flood she even. It out. yeah she even says that. i'm like i don't understand why our wrap-up verse is why this is what chris goes to yeah and i i did she said something at the end that i wanted to post to you guys to hear your thoughts on mm-hmm. and i don't know if it 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 was like the third or fourth listen to that i actually heard it, it was like that's weird <laughs> um or i don't know how i feel about that i guess it's a sure. more appropriate way uh and it was this quote that she says uh where she talks about you know it came before the flood but this should be no surprise since mankind has always given in to evil ever since Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden. I'm just curious how that sentence strikes you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the the the, uh, the sequence of events there is interesting. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. As though they didn't give in to evil until they were kicked out. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is that. <laughs> yes, they did, in fact... Give in to evil in the in garden, the garden of Eden. Um, yes, certainly. Certainly. Yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, there's... On, like, a grand scale, I can't disagree with the statement. Exactly. Well, I mean, there's, yeah, and there's always the, you know, total depravity of man and all of that uh, understanding that would inform, you know, what is humanity's like metaphysical capability independent of god to achieve goodness which is fair i guess but i do think that like aren't there there's got to be other evidences in the bible of men man choosing god over evil yeah i think so i I spent some time simmering on this please please (laughs) um i thought it was at first i was like well what the heck uh, always given it evil that feels that feels very that's that's broad. what i had the biggest issue with. yeah i always. didn't even think about the garden of eden part but that's also a good point they did it in the garden um but this idea that like mankind is always given into evil i was like all right well, that seems a little strong focus on the family what's up with that but then i thought about it and i was like all right so if i if i think about this from a more like you know philosophical kind of argument right anyone who is doing what they feel is a good deed apart from god right yeah is doing so either from obligation from the good feeling that it gives them yeah or from grace technically and potentially or from this view of like it will make me look good yeah right and and the making them feel good would i'm 
I would say it's more of like a, a selfish thing. Almost. Yeah. Like sure. making you feel like you've done your part or whatever. Um, whereas ideally when a Christian does good, they are doing it out of the working of the Holy Spirit in them. To the glory of God. Yes. Which is not evil. You know, <laughs> not bad. Yes, but it is also not of us. Right, sure, like true. it's the you know it's done of the spirit. True. So, so maybe they. I think I can agree with this statement and the yeah. fact that humans are incapable, yeah, right. of a truly good act because entirely all of it, independent of God. Yes, right? because all of it is either from God or is from a sinful, mm-hmm. like state yeah sure which is where i was kind of getting at with like saying like from a high level it's hard to argue especially because they're saying mankind Mm -hmm. yes where it's like it's not to say right no one well i guess right so your your argument is that like even if you zoom in you can still make the argument that no one has ever made a good act because the good that we accomplish is not through our own power correct which is biblically accurate right <laughs> and and if there is quote i'm doing air quotes for those of you who are listening uh which is everyone but the two of us yeah, but hey i mean there's two whole of you who knows how many people will actually listen um, but any quote-unquote good that is done outside of the spirit is is not actually good mm-hmm. like it's not it's yeah. not a good thing it is simply a means to a self-righteous end, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, it doesn't mean good can't be accomplished by those things. Correct, but it but is the not... act in itself... The act is not good. Yeah. Um, well, and, the, and there's, there's so much evidence in Scripture of God taking sinful acts of man and turning it into something that's glorifying yes, to him. Yes, correct, but never once is it, like... No, you guys did it great on your own. You didn't yeah. need me at all. Exactly. <laughs> wow, we just... Um, Holy Spirit got a day off? <laughs> while (laughs) since the seventh day one might say um (laughs) boy imagine i i gotta think he's into golf i don't god is into golf no the the holy Holy spirit Spirit. oh (laughs) kind of distinct oh careful (laughs) this is being recorded people can can hear this and critique your trinitarian view oh well Oh, God, I didn't mean to do that. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We'll tell Dylan to cut it, right, Dylan? Yeah, right. Dylan, yeah. please. Uh-huh. Please, Dylan. Uh-huh. I'm on it. You've always protected me from falling on my own sword. <laughs> Part of me hopes he doesn't cut it. All right. Um, <laughs> Any yeah. final thoughts? Well, I mean, we haven't even gotten to the discussion questions yet. Okay, okay. You, okay. Want, me, you want me to hit you I with do, some discussion I do questions? want the, Well, what did they say is the moral of the story? Do you have that, so, too? So the, the theme yeah. is yeah, just please. nature of man. Okay. Cool. But you know what? Again, only one so far that was accurate. The other ones didn't feel that way, but this one was good. So who was the man who came down to see the city of Babel with his own eyes? Oh, well, I mean, an angel. Right. So not a man. Yes. But that, okay, that is another thing I didn't talk about. In scripture, it's not an angel. It's the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that mankind was building. And then the Lord said, you know, behold uh, what they're doing. And then... Hmm. So, that, so maybe so maybe it is the Lord. What if it... 
So I wrote, I wrote what? in my thing, who is the messenger? Is it an angel or is it God? Right. But then I thought to myself, well, they used the term messenger right. multiple times, which is the Hebrew word mm-hmm. for angel. But what's, what's the, but there's the, what's the pre new, what, what's the old Testament Jesus word? The, oh, it's, gosh. it's yeah, the, the, I don't remember. But there's this that, idea that, that all, all the angels in the Old Testament are Jesus, or a set of angels right. in the Old Testament are right. actually. And it's specifically when it's like, Jesus. is it specifically when it's like the angel of the Lord? There's like yes, some specific yeah, yeah. like. I think so. Maybe, there's some yeah. specific word indication that, that, that it's it's a people higher who believe level that land on deal. that. Yeah. So maybe well, that's the argument that we're going for here. Yeah, I mean, it says pretty clearly the Tetragrammaton like a million times in the text. So like it's. <laughs> It's, it's talking gotcha. about gotcha. God. So, so the, the um, ten, right, fair, fair. Yeah, they don't use that to describe Jesus. Right. Um, that's that's for the Father. So, yeah. with that, I mean, they they kind of that's not that's not in there. But <laughs> so so right. So the discussion question is like, see, it's an angel, and the text is like, yeah, but that's not actually part of it. It's this. not so what it you, says. Why at are all. you so drawing, mm-hmm. why, why is you, that the question right. that you're? <laughs> okay, so that's number one. Uh-huh. Number two. Why did God divide up the people of the earth at the end? Wow, what a like that went from like minimal observation quite like we went depth of uh-huh. knowledge one to four like yeah. <laughs> immediately. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Andrew, why why God uh, separate all the people at the end of the story? Oh gosh, uh, buh, 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 buh. because they were going to sacrifice Eugene. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> God's favorite character is Eugene, and therefore he could not let it happen. So he mm. stepped down and uh, inter- inter- Beautiful. interceded. Um, no, I get up. I I don't feel comfortable stating with any amount of authority the will of God, but I'm going to guess it has something to do with his glory seems wise (laughs) right right so the 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 story that we listen to holds out that god divides up the people because like he doesn't like this other god and this dictator who's in charge yeah Mm -hmm. the text holds out that like because the people were worshiping themselves rather than him i guess in both arguments it is for his glory it's because like they have not like yeah. they're not yeah worshiping him yeah they're not maybe, walking in their uh yeah. identity as image bearers of yeah. the creator god well and i thought um i thought it was interesting one of the commentaries that i was reading on this was Ooh, talking which one? about which one i don't remember oh, okay sorry <laughs> <laughs> one of them was talking about how this was almost like uh, sort of like another flood reset kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like the people did the same thing. Basically, mm-hmm. like flood happened, like a generation or two mm-hmm. went by, and then they kind of did the same messed up situation. And then he promised not to flood again. So, like instead, he kind of like forces them yeah. apart and he scatters them sure. culturally, um, which essentially. I thought was an interesting sort of way of viewing that. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that ultimately it's because they were. Standing in the face of God, yeah, spitting on him. So bad, yeah. bad, bad call, bad call to make. Yeah, don't do that. I I tend to really try not to challenge deities, 
deity. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yep, I was waiting for that yeah. clarification. <laughs> deity. Yep, the singular, singular uh, deity. Uh, but no, no, but 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 all three of them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no. I'm, I'm in trouble no, with the no, Trinity no. again. No, just like that, he's done it. Wad fam chalk pod two. Trinity in the city. Oh man. Uh, what reasons did Nathaniel give for saying that mankind was basically good? Duh. Did he say that? No, that he was didn't my give thought. Any reason. He he was like, we can accomplish great things, but I don't when think, you work together, right? But I don't think at any point he was like he was like mankind intrinsically good. Yeah, like I don't that. Know. That feels like a question that's missing the point of the episode. Yeah, I don't think he argued for the you know lack of total depravity in mankind. No. Right. No, I don't. I mean, he sort of did by saying that ultimately, if we all work together, we could accomplish great things. So, I mean, in yeah, that sense, yeah, sure. you could make the argument that he's making the case that it's okay. What if we all work together as, yeah. under God to, to well, enact that, his great things? Well, then, that yeah, would be. Hey, we, what if we unify the entire world under God? With one now, government, one language, with liberty, liberty, justice somewhere. for all. Right. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> oh, oh my god, that's upsetting. Yeah, yep, you know? it's great. Oh man, nationalism <sighs> never never caused any problem. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Not one time. Um, and the, the final question here, um, which is a sub question to question three, because mm. they only ever do three questions, but sometimes it's four. Um, <laughs> oh, what did Eugene use the imagination station to show him being Nathaniel? Tower of Babel. <laughs> is that the answer? Locking it in. <laughs> they don't give you the answer. Jesus. There it is. <laughs> Nail feels it. safe. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I think that, that mankind is is corrupt and yeah. is going yeah. to like not do good things. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't. Yeah. It's. Yeah. yeah. So don't I, put all your eggs in one basket. Don't put, don't put all your bags in one ziggurat. Whoops! Are what? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was curious when you guys, so Dylan, you didn't read the passage in scripture this time. Correct. Right? I did. Andrew, did you? No. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know. No, 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 you're good. I was curious. I thought about it and then I went. Ah. So I was going to ask, I was curious if you guys had read it. I'll read it now. Fine. Okay. I was curious what you would have thought of, um, it in, you know, in conjunction, context, yes, actually, with listening to this and also kind of some of the stuff that we talked about. And yes, if it struck you in a better or worse way. I think then, that it's good that neither of us read it now that we can read it after the discussion and participate. I don't know. Just, all right. Give me one moment to read nine verses. Yep. Okay. So having read it now, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, feel, I feel very much like my, granted, this was a quick read of it, but it is also nine verses, so feel okay it's a quick passage but yeah yeah i i feel i i feel like my read is very similar to kind of what i came into the episode with my like recollection of mm-hmm. the story like i feel like i'm getting a similar thing from yeah. it and and right and a lot of the stuff we talked about which is like hey here's a like here's right mankind all coming together to like glorify themselves rather than god and the Lord comes down and is like, yeah, maybe, like, let's not do that. And, like, here's the solution is, like, I am going to force them to scatter through 
um, through changing language on them, mm-hmm. which is like wild. A pretty devious lick, like, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> just like if we were to sit down and have a conversation for a podcast and just all of a sudden we all started speaking different languages. Yep. That'd be insane. Yeah, it would definitely would be, throw a wrench in the works. That would be terrifying, and I would... Oh, man. I, yeah, I don't even want to think about what we'd have to do for that to be the... Like, like how horrible we'd yeah. have to be <laughs> for God to intervene in that way. The podcast is so bad that God had to uh, yeah. make Scatter us... Scatter our tongues. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I just see the uh, let's make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. And it's exactly what you were saying at the beginning where it's like there is a very clear uh, defiance from God's chosen people uh, f- in this story that isn't necessarily portrayed super well in the Odyssey episode. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually it's a great point of like it doesn't. There's not a lot of, well, yeah, it's, it's the same thing we just keep saying, which is, like, there's something more impactful about, like, being, like, we are going to defy God and, like, raise ourselves up versus, like, we're going to turn from God to another God. The, it's so we're for going Samuel. To, the girl, like, we're <laughs> going to turn from God to another God. Right. Is this narrative that we get so much in scripture yeah. that I kind of, this one almost feels more... I don't know, it feels more relatable in a lot of ways, where it's like, I think we, even though... In like, a more, like, post-religious society. Right, even probably. though, like, the, 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 like, there's the idea that, like, you know, anything you put before God is an idol, mm-hmm. but, like, it's easier to obfuscate the, like the Old Testament people is worshiping gods and being like, well, I don't do that, versus this just being like, they made themselves the God, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh no, I do do that. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, that we <laughs> will reach into heaven. Yeah. Like, right. I'm like, yeah, we totally did that. We have the internet. Like, we 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 have the heavens. <laughs> the internet is heaven. I don't know. Have you ever been on Reddit? There's nothing bad there. <laughs> I do think. Yeah, I think that that's a a good point. In that, like, it's it's easy. It's easier. To identify the bad in some of the Old Testament passages or even in the audio that we listen to of they're doing slavery and they're, you know, hurting people and sacrificing living people and there's this evil God and all of that. But it's a lot harder to wrestle with like, oh, we're just naturally bad. Yeah, like, and we're trying to naturally assert ourselves in the role of God, which yes. is yeah. And I think that insert. Yeah, answer. like you said, it's just it's a much more powerful sort of sort of mm-hmm. idea. Well, I think yeah, there's there's a bit more of that nuance there, where it's instead of hey, there's there's the bad other, it's it's a it's testifying to a unifying human experience, which yeah. is depravity. <laughs> depravity. Yeah. All right. All right, I think I think I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Any any like last thoughts, stray observations you've got to get in there before before we go here. I was just gonna ask if you guys thought that it was okay of God to do that to scatter the people. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, obviously he's God, so we can do it. Yeah. All right. as, as, as Christians, we feel like that's probably fine. I mean, but like, I'm not gonna be the one to question him. 
so I so I read this first and then yep. listened to the story and I I mean I haven't read the story of the Tower of Babel in a while. I'm okay. doing other things. Um Bible's a big book. It is that's true. Sixty six of them, actually. Mm-hmm. Sixty six mm-hmm. little boys smashed together. Anyway. And some big boys. And some big boys Psalms. I'm looking at you. Um, Isaiah. <laughs> so I was reading it and I thought like on my first read through I was like, wow, it's kinda like rude. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't think it's rude now, ultimately. Yeah, but yeah. like but it's it's not a It's an interesting choice. Yeah, it's like they, they were building a tower and yes, as we've identified. He right, could have just like, torn down the tower. Yeah, or told them, Hey, don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like I, But it all it all loops back to the specificity of direction that he has in mind for these people at this time and the fact that like it doesn't seem like they are going to get there on their own mm-hmm. um i think is is interesting and yeah i don't know it makes me just gives me a lens into why it went down in like the most dramatic of ways mm-hmm. um but it is one of those things where i'm like there is a there is a harshness to it where i'm like if there hadn't been this direct intervention it would have unraveled eventually right all things do like we were i'm not like it doesn't feel like oh that civilization was just gonna like continue to be the only one Mm -hmm. if there hadn't if he hadn't stepped in but maybe it would have i don't know yeah but i'm just like eventually i don't know i've never seen anything where i'm like oh that's like a unified idea and that's gonna stick yeah like well and that and that might be that might just be us speaking from like a postmodern lens where you know there we don't really live in a time where there are uh well that's that's a bold statement that i didn't yet make uh but like (laughs) but uh like we don't have a ton of universal principles that we assert over all people regardless of belief and cultural background yeah um i the thing that it and i don't know maybe this is entirely incorrect but it kind of reminds me a bit of job in the sense where you question god and he doesn't answer you based on your questions he kind of sweeps your legs out from under you and puts you in your place where like where he's like yeah you know you're you're asking about why like why do i deserve this suffering and why is this all a thing that's happening but you are not me you can never understand me you can never be at my level so i'm like that's what that's what i'm going to point you to is your place in this not trying to justify your desire to understand my place in things um whereas yeah in this where it's like yeah they they're they're trying to uh come and join god and unify in their in their best of their human endeavors and god says funny i made you people and i can just make it so that you can't work together anymore you know like if you 
you didn't consider that, huh? That I was over all things and through all things and that it's not necessarily your business to understand why your wife died, Job? <laughs> like... Well, his wife left him. Oh, yeah. that's true. Sorry. Fair point. Heresy. <laughs> Get him. Uh-oh. At the stake. Phil, yeah. what are you doing here? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, that, I agree. That makes sense. I thought that Joe thing was going to literally put No, me I mean, it, it, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, ultimately, we're not, we're not in charge, and we like to be, but uh-huh. at the end of the day, we're not even... <laughs> we're not worth living ultimately you know like we have we have nothing to add or a value individually without god so mm-hmm. i mean he can do what he wants that is on one hand both very upsetting and nihilistic but also kind of calming and, no it's uh, incredibly takes comforting. a lot of pressure off it's like oh i have nothing of value that i can specifically add so you know just kind of do what i'm supposed to do well and the God, I think, specifically doesn't put pressure on you to figure it out. Where it's like, he, he, like, I, I think, like, the passage, like, he will equip you to, to do the things that he has sure. called you to do. Yeah. Um, where, like, all good things come from God and come through God. So mm-hmm. you can just kind of get out of your own way and let him take over. That <laughs> yeah, tends to be the issue. <laughs> yeah. All right. Drew, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um,. Not really. So the podcast that I was going to start uh, ended up getting put on pause. It is still in the works, but uh, school is uh, a thing that is happening hey, and takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So plugging higher education. <laughs> yep. Go grad school. Um, so not that yet. Other than that, I mean, I'm on Twitter at Andrew B. Huber one. I think I have one post, but I have notifications on. So if it exists, and you message me, uh, I will I will get it and I will answer you, probably. Okay. Um, yeah. A good, I think a good that's call it. right there. Um, also by his uh, the the merch that he inspired. Um, yes. You know, as referenced earlier in the episode. Um, you know, you'll be supporting Andrew and Dylan. Yeah. And yeah, me Drew emotionally. No, Drew gets no cut of that, but he will feel like warmed. I will feel cool. So that's yeah. nice. Yeah. And uh, what yeah. about blood doing blood? Can he get the profits from that one? <laughs> if, if y'all want to see that merch, uh, you know, <laughs> tweet it, Drew. Tweet it, Drew. I was gonna say tweet at the Wadfam Chalk Pod because they're yeah. the ones who can actually do it. Yeah. But you know, yeah, tweet um, it whoever you want. If Twitter's still even there, who knows? Right, it'll find its <laughs> way to the right person. Just throw a carrier <laughs> pigeon in the wind. Oh mm. man. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for yeah. being on the show, Drew. Thank you being for being a resident smart Bible person. Yeah. Well, thank thanks for thanks for doing all of yeah the work you put into this, mm-hmm. and also being, um, I don't know, at least open to us putting you on too much of a pedestal. Yeah. Because <laughs> like I do like because because that is the thing is like i put you we put you in a tough situation where it's like andrew and i are going to be like willfully ignorant yep. of the topic <laughs> so it's gonna be a lot of us asking you questions and that's not necessarily a fun place to be in so like thank you for yeah your willingness to play ball in that way and mm-hmm. what you bring to the show um yeah i'm honored to have you as our as our first five timer I am more than happy to do so. I Jackets think it's in the fun. Mail. A bit of a bit of a challenge every once in a while to uh, just have a bunch of random questions asked of you. It's not 
super on the spot. I mean, I do know what we're talking about ahead of time. I can I can come in with some prep. Uh, wasn't ready for the Nephilim question because I don't know if that even made the final cut. If it doesn't, this is going to be really confusing. But that was a fun one that popped up earlier, uh, which has nothing to do with the actual story here. But um, yeah, no, it's it's always fun. I'm always happy to do it, uh, and it's yeah, it's a good time. I'm glad I was able to make it work. Fantastic. We love you. Thanks for yeah. being God, here. I love you. Oh, yeah, I yeah, just love golly. you so much. Oh, jeez. Uh, and thank you, folks, for listening. Uh, we will we'll be back. Uh, that was that was the Tower of Babel coming out right there. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Start speaking in German. You've got to do the outro in German, Drew. <laughs> or Hebrew. Either one. Yeah. I don't know Hebrew well enough for that. <laughs> and we will be back next week. Um, with another episode and another guest. Have a good one, folks. Adios. Shalom. Wadfam Chalk Pod is a presentation of the Lids Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at WadfamChalkPod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at WadfamChalkPod at gmail.com. The Tower is hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Acebo, with special guest Drew Huber. It was edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wadfam Chalk Pod.